Are you really passionate about where you get your pizza? Do you believe that the bread absolutely makes the sandwich? Welcome to Food Fun Addicts, where if you're still thinking about last night's grilled skirt steak, you're gonna love hanging with these guys. Here are your Food Fun Addicts hosts, Matt Hawkman and Jay Shapiro. Hello, everybody. It's another memorable edition of Food Fanatics. And remember, that's fun, F-U-N-A-T-I-C-S. I'm Matt Hawkman, along with my partner and co-host, Jay Shapiro. Hello, Matt. How are you doing today? Jay, I'm well, thank you. I am well. I am excited because, as we usually do, we're going to get into what we eight over the past week, but I think we have a uh, fun and different topic today that uh, a lot of people are going to be able to relate to, and especially over long weekends, I am sure people are spending some time with certain TV. And, I, and I'm sure good clicker control is important. Absolutely. Just like good portion control. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of good portion control... So, how, how was the week from an eating standpoint? Anything memorable over the past week? Actually, yeah. Last night, there was something memorable. I went to my local fishmonger, who is my new favorite place in Cambridge, Mass., the New Deal Fish Market. Outstanding, outstanding, outstanding. Bought some great bluefin tuna and some hamachi, and I made a great Tuna tartare. How much for the hamachi? How much for the hamachi? <laughs> You're a comedian. I uh, made a really nice tuna tartare, put it in a, uh, a bib lettuce, rolled it up with a little wasabi cream sauce, and it was healthy, delicious, and sliced some nice sashimi with some thin jalapeno with a uh, ponzu sauce. It was just clean living. It was great. Was there a dessert? No, this was just, this was just like part of the the meal that was just special memorable quality 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 and funny enough i did send perry dumont a picture of well i mentioned it perry before. dumont is my <laughs> younger daughter perry dumont say a uh, nickname yeah. so i sent her a picture from the poultry the the chicken wing place which is directly across the street from the fish place and yes i did buy Four pounds, four and a half pounds of chicken wings, and they are the best chicken wings. So you bought the wings yesterday. The wings Saturday. What, what's uh, yeah Saturday, Saturday morning. Okay. So did you go through all four pounds on Saturday? Uh Sunday. On Sunday. On Sunday. Yeah, they were tasty. Air fry. Air fried. Again, air fried. And these are the big wings. These aren't the little the little suckers. These are just beautiful wings, and and their pricing is ridiculous. It's just phenomenal. Not that that matters, but it kind of does matter. So your message to all Food Fanatics fans is go big or go home. Get the big wings. Get the big wings. These are like fresh, freshly killed. It says, you know, freshly killed uh, freshly killed poultry, Mayflower poultry in Cambridge. Wow. Okay. I did not so, kill any of my own poultry this weekend, <laughs> although I did have some. So for me, it was interesting. Remember last week when I was talking about that Saturday morning, how I went to get pastry, and I was eating it in my car. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, how could we forget? Especially 
when you finish it and you go in for the crumbs with the extra raisins at the bottom of the bag. Exactly. So, of course, I get a text midweek last week from somebody, and he says, that is my order. That's my standing order. And I'm thinking, that's your standing order. Who the hell orders as a, as a regular order an entire cinnamon roll in a frozen dough? I'm, I mean, for me, that was a once-a-year kind of a thing. Well, sure enough, he tells me every Saturday he goes to Cheryl Ann's in Brookline. Brookline's like three minutes outside of Boston, and Cheryl Ann's is a real good bakery. It's Bibsy, Mark Smaller, and he goes and gets the frozen dough and the cinnamon roll and then takes it to his office, eats the cinnamon roll, then does work, and then rewards himself, I guess, for not making too many mistakes uh, with the frozen dough and then doesn't eat anything until dinner. And then I heard from a guy I grew up with, and he said, my father did that all the time. He would, every Sunday, go out and get frozen dough and bring frozen doughs and bring them back to the house. He's maybe in great we're, memory. Maybe we're bringing frozen dough back. We're bringing it back. We're bringing if if frozen dough can be sexy, we're bringing sexy back. <laughs> and then yesterday, try you know, always trying to support Boston area restaurants, and it was going to be about 43, 44 degrees yesterday. So I had no issues when my wife and my daughter suggested, why don't we go into Boston? We'll have lunch. And I was thrilled because I never have anything to do, you know, to get out of the house. So be you a did thrill. it. You, you were getting out of your sweatpants. You actually had to put <laughs> pants on. Yeah. Went to Newbury Street. Newbury Street's in the back bay of Boston, you know, nice area. And I, I say that for those that aren't in Massachusetts. And um, we ate at Stephanie's, so sat outside. So sitting outside, so we have to It was jam- a little windy yesterday, actually, in the afternoon. It was pretty, pretty breezy. It was breezy, and we're sitting outside. And let me say, I'm all for take-in or take-out, however you want to call it. It's just too damn cold to sit Did they outside. have heaters? Did they have heaters? They had some heaters that are more good-looking than giving off actual heat. But I want to say, you know, the food was excellent, and I would have no issues getting takeout from there and suggest people get takeout from Stephanie's. It's just really hard to sit outside. It kind of was like you're rushing through. I mean, I actually went back to my car, and I got a spot right across the street from the restaurant, right on Newbury Street, which is impossible, but I got lucky. So got would you you ordered, you said, I'll be right back. You went, sat in your car, warmed up, and then came back? I didn't sit in the car. I went back to the car to get a hat and some gloves, and then after we were sitting for a few minutes, of course, Perry and Donna were having a cocktail each. Why not? It's turned into two cocktails. Why eight. not? It's the weekend, and you don't drink, so you have a designated driver. Yeah. I did go inside the restaurant, catch a couple minutes of the game, and then come went back out. It's just so weird to see the restaurants because people want to go out. Like There were a few people sitting at the bar. In, a, in normal times, it would have been awesome. I mean, they're having a glass of wine. They're watching the playoff games up on the big screen. But, you know, the restaurant was at, is at capacity. And it's only 20, 21%. So anyway, sat outside, ate. It was really cold. I had a great French dip 
sandwich with a great au jus. You didn't, spill any, did. you didn't spill any of the au jus, did you? No, I kind of got the au jus so I could almost use it as a hand marinade so I could warm up my fingers. <laughs> like, Mad, the, like Madge. From, uh... Exactly. Exactly. That was my food highlight yesterday. What we want to do today is get into food TV, food television, not just the Food Network, because think, so many of you folks watch the Food Network, and everybody has favorites, favorite shows, favorite personalities, you like the baking stuff, but there's also great stuff on YouTube, so we're going to get into what some of our favorites are on the Food Network and on YouTube, and Jay, what do you think? What show or shows on the Food Network do you really enjoy? I think it's on, but it's hard to find, or it's it may have gone to like the cooking channel. When it first came out, I was addicted on Sunday nights to the Iron Chef. When the, the head guy appears up and the secret ingredient, and you would have all these chefs, I, it was an hour, and it was like awesome. And they had like top-tier chefs competing, and to me... That, that, was, that was a great, great show. And some of the ingredients and what they're cooking and whipping up in an hour was pretty cool. I would love to have been a judge to be able to sit and taste that, those, those meals that they cooked. I, and the ingredients were, oh were different than chopped. I mean, we'll oh, get into chopped a little later. But, crazy. But they had, like, these foreign uh, objects. Crazy objects. Like, you could have a, a yeah. crazy fish or a crazy vegetable that you never heard of or something the ability to find anything that they needed in that that basket or the basket was like a, a supermarket what they would have displayed and they would they to me that was the real deal show i loved that show there wasn't there was always a chef and he had an assistant chef with him he had people help they were really fired up and oh. i remember uh there were a number of great asian chefs and yeah. bobby flay was always on bobby flay uh, chef morimoto that's the you oh, know mario batali batali yeah batali yeah i know i mean batali obviously uh has some issues but he was a regular on that show yeah there bobby was a ton flay. there were a ton michael yeah. simon right uh, who the, by the way Burgers has the and most Bruce. evil laugh He's ever. He's got a deep voice, man. He and he's got. He's now bald headed guy. He's got these eyes. He could scare yes. you. He could, if, yes. every, if he were to stare you down, you would quiver. And he's got a laugh that's made for Halloween. Yes, yes, very, very deep. You know what I like? I I'm a big fan of the weekend lineup on the Food Network. I really like Ina Garden. Ina Ina. Garden, of course, Barefoot Contessa. And I like, the and she cooks stuff like honestly, like simple stuff that is good. And 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 who's she always cooking for? Jeffrey. Jeffrey. <laughs> right. Jeffrey. Little Jeffrey with his little uh, gray curly head. Oh and his my Jeffrey! Nice sweater. And uh, she but- dresses too fancy sometimes when she's cooking. Like, eh, you know, she, she well, she's always ready to be the hostess as right. well as as the chef. You know what? Everything that Ina does is great you know in terms of the cooking i mean and i know you're a big ingredient guy i mean she's using the best she's going and the freshest yes yes and she's friends with all like the the local purveyors I and mean, when she walks into the store she gets the royal treatment she does well you know what i mean it is she's out in the hamptons yeah. in the hamptons and in connecticut i think in like uh greenwich or westport maybe isn't she 
I, I, you might be right. I thought she was year round in, in the Hamptons, but she certainly would fit right in in Connecticut. No question. So you have her on Saturday morning. You also have the kitchen. And of course, I love the kitchen. And the kitchen's where I got that recipe from a few weeks ago where Donna made that uh, pastrami short rib. But the people on the kitchen, I, I, I like the banter. And, and they're good. I mean, Jeff Maurer, I think, is funny. And they're people you, and they're like people you would you would hang out with. You would like you would enjoy like going to that studio and listening to them and watching them. You, it's good. Yeah, banter. although Zakarian, it's funny. He comes off as this really, really sophisticated restaurateur, which I think he is. But there he is with um, Billy Joel's ex-wife, Katie Lee, who a lot of people don't realize was married to Billy. Joel. I had no idea until you told me that three, four weeks ago. Yeah, no idea. He's had a lot, a lot of, wives of wives and a lot of young wives. And he's he's paid. He, he's he's gone through them, yes. Right. That's why he still has to write a song or two. That's why he's performing. Like, what does he perform? Like 130 times in Madison Square Garden? The, the, the single amount of shows by any performer in the history is Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden. Interesting fact. Sonny, who's uh, the fourth person on the show, and it's interesting. She was in the Air Force and then... Did, had She hosted something for in the early 2000s on the Food Network, but then her personality kind of rose to the top. It's the four of them, and I do. I, I like the stuff that they make because it's regular stuff. It's nicely presented, but it's not like, oh, my God, I would never make that nor eat that. And they're very passionate. I will say this. They have very high energy. They bring high energy. Yeah. Uh, it's it's good entertainment. Now, also on the weekend that I, I just can't, you know that I like, obviously, fast food and things of that nature. But when I watch Trisha Yearwood, the country singer, cook, I just cannot eat the stuff that she makes. It's like, okay, we're going to take a stick of butter and we're going to roll it in panko breadcrumbs and then we're going to saute the stick of butter in a stick of butter. It just is so over the top. No consideration for we could die before the weekend. You know, you know what? And I'm kind of tired of listening to her. Oh, my husband's out on the ranch all day. The kids are out in there. They well, come that's back. the pioneer woman. Oh, Trisha the Yearwood's the country oh, singer who's oh, married same to thing. Garth Buck. Uh, oh, the pioneer woman. Exactly. Who's on a ranch? <laughs> I mean, enough already. Okay, your husband's working hard on the ranch. Okay. And she's serving like cream this, cream yes. that. Yes. I'm, I'm done. No, we, don't, we don't need to Well, you would that. not like her cooking because fresh food is not paramount. She will actually say, you know what? If you have some chicken nuggets, I like to whip up the chicken nuggets and cover them in a nice ladle of mushroom sauce, cover it with cheese, and then bring it out to the boys as they're piling bales of hay out in Norman, and she, Oklahoma. And she's always ringing the bell, like, come, right. come for dinner. Yeah. Right. I, I have not <laughs> seen anybody in the greater Boston area ringing the bell. Ring my bell, ring my bell, my bell, ring my bell. Anyway, just a little throwback disco tune there for you. Uh. Now here I know she's one of your favorites because you were raving about her beauty for years. But nobody has more fun than Jada. When Jada De Laurentiis is cooking, she just it makes her happy and she is upbeat and she is pumped up and i mean she's just a and, and, happy woman and when she says 
certain types of pasta, the way it rolls off her tongue, it's like it can make you melt. I mean, yeah. honestly, a capinelli. You're like, yeah. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> right. All of a sudden, she goes from having no accent to, to, to being in the downtown Rome. Right. Tagliatelle with her this and that. And she cooks very dressed up, too. She's wearing, like, a white blouse, and she's whooping up with tomato sauce. She's not getting any splatter stains on that white blouse. No, no. Um, well, what she's doing to it, it's all Hollywood. I mean, she remember, you know that her f- grandfather was one of the biggest names in Hollywood in the 50s and 60s. So she is from Hollywood elite. Oh. So looking good, dressing well, you know, is all part of her thing. And she's been rumored, by the way, to have a little uh, something something with with, a, uh, with Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay and <laughs> a, a couple few other people. Yeah. Again, but now, but now Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer. There was speculation about Jada. How about Matt Hawkman? You know what? Jada does text me occasionally, <laughs> but I have had her blocked. It just becomes too disturbing. Well, you're a family man, so exactly. there's no, no business like that. Exactly. And, but I think she just came out with a show on Discovery Channel or Discovery Streaming with Bobby Flay and Giada go to Italy. Yes. How are they doing this in a pandemic? (laughs) I I don't know. That's a great question. It's also a good way to squash the rumors. Right. Yeah, who are you going to Italy with? (laughs) Yeah, although they're both single. So, yeah, welcome to the Inquirer. I'm Matt Hawkman. This is like juicy gossip. I know. But you know what? I think a lot of our fans already know. Let me ask you this. Everybody's standby and go-to is Triple D with Guy Fietti. And you know what? I, I got it. I was addicted to it when it first came out. The problem with him, and I'm going to ask you your opinion sure. on this, but the problem with him is I went to a bunch of places before he even existed, and then he comes out and reviews it, and then he screws you. <laughs> he totally screws you. I have a friend who was at a restaurant, and he was there, Fietti, and he said to Guy Fietti, he said, dude, you've, like, ruined it. He goes, I wish I had a dime for every time someone has told me yeah. that. I, I, I'm sorry, but that's what I do. Right. So do you like him? I will tell you what. I, the Food Network, in my opinion, has fallen back on diners, drive-ins, and dives as a crutch. I mean, they will at some times just roll out six, hours, six or eight hours of Triple D. I will say, I do enjoy the show in the premise. However, and you brought up a good point when you and I were talking about this, just as we usually just shoot the shit about a number of things. You were at, you were saying there's nothing new. They do do new episodes of Triple D Friday nights at nine. But I agree with you. Most of the stuff is four, five, six, seven, ten years old. I mean, the place that you're referring to is Reno's in East Boston. Yep. And whenever that still gets shown, people still clamor for it and run there. Obviously, it's great for those restaurants, so that's fantastic for you guys. But for the people who were going there before he went there, now it's bad. Yeah. It's tough to get in or tough to go. Uh, You know what? There's a couple of things that bug me about him. He does have no manners. Uh, He is using... He, every finger he has is pushing a different item onto the fork. I mean, it is pretty disgusting watching him eat. But cliches 
They're tiring. They're tiring. It's it's time to move. I mean, I don't want to go to Flavortown. I don't care how inexpensive rates are right now to Flavortown. Money, what Money shot. But I say the money shot. I I don't know if that came from guys sometimes or certain. I agree. Well, that may have been when you were in the porn business. (laughs) But the other thing with Guy is that, you know, everybody in the pool – but you know what? I will give him credit for something. He does have great energy. And he supports the small businesses and the yes. restaurants. He raised a shit ton of money for them and got a lot of people behind it. So You are 100% that, right. And, and, and that is, he never forgot his roots, I guess, or he's giving back. So can't knock someone giving back. No, you're absolutely right. And what's interesting about Guy Fieri is they found him in the next Food Network star. star. Exactly. I mean, he became basically, because remember in the early so, days. Everybody you know, out there, maybe you and I, yeah, they're going to find us in the next podcast star. We're, we're building momentum. So, people, we can be approached. Reach out to us. And you know what, folks? It'd be great if you could just give us a little positive feedback or review on the Apple site or on Anchor, or wherever you listen to your podcast, because I, I, I guess the the platforms do look for listener feedback. So that would be terrific. So here's another thing that I told you about today, actually, because honestly, people, what we do our show, we really don't plan ahead or discuss <laughs> anything, but we this is all like natural banter back and forth. We discuss what we're going to do a little bit, but we don't share notes at all of what we're going to do. True or not true? That is true, because then it's not spontaneous. Our reactions to one another are real. Right. So I did tell him maybe around 12 o'clock when he yelled at me because I went dark on him and I wasn't responding (laughs) to what we're going to do today. And he brought this topic up, and I suggested to go to YouTube TV to, like, Bon Appetit. I watched some of those chefs on Bon Appetit who just went through a complete, like, meltdown with, with... people on there but those cooking shows i find are like anywhere from like 13 minutes to 22 minutes and they cook great stuff that inspires me to like do stuff like that and i think it's really i find them really really um useful and very entertaining and well done want to thank you because i had never seen any of these the bon appetit videos and on youtube and there are they've brought in it's six new chefs Correct. since October. There was one fellow today that I was watching. I was smitten by his style, and this guy's name is Harold Villarosa. This guy is hip. He's from the Bronx. He's got street cred, but he is uh, cooked in some great places like in New York City. Or something, and it's. I mean, so entertaining, as you said, 15, 16 minutes. But this guy, so he made grilled cheese with chicken adobo on the one I was watching today. And then, this was awesome. He called a Chinese restaurant in Manhattan, and he said that his General Gao's chicken is really good. And he said, I can make it faster and better than they deliver it. So he called. He challenged them? He called the restaurant. And he gave his address, and they beeped out the number of the street that he was on. They said, okay, it'll be about a half an hour. All of a sudden, he starts 
preparing his uh, General Gao chicken. And he said, I can do a better job. He made the General Gao chicken, and he talked about the sauce and the need to have the uh, the slurry, a certain kind of slurry, so that everything sticks to the and chicken sticks. and gets thicker. And then he made fried rice with crab in it. And it really looked tremendous. How did, how did the General Gao's look? Oh, it, it looked great. And he was fired up about it. He double fries the chicken. And he cuts it into pieces before he Is he, he using white meat or it. dark meat? Um, he was using everything. So all, types. You know, all, all parts. And uh, I mean for a lot of people they love going white meat only. I like I like both. I like to I'm a thigh guy. I and, and we had chicken thighs this weekend actually. Chicken, chicken thighs th- are great. They're, they're juicier. They're juicier and, and they have more flavor. Uh, without a doubt. So he ends up as he's finishing his rice. The, he get the phone delivery, and it was basically a tie. Oh, he did he judge it himself, and he was honest. He said, "There's and mine are the same." Oh, in oh. terms of the, the quickness. Oh, the quickness. So by okay. the time the delivery came, he had just finished his rice. His chicken was done, and uh, but this guy. Really. So I got you hooked on a new show. (laughs) You people know I don't cook. I I really don't have any cooking skills, but I love watching this guy, Harold Villarosa. And, I mean, if you love New York and you love people that have – I mean, this guy's right out of the Bronx. He's just good. And he's dropping the F-bombs, you know, not for acting, but, I mean, that's just his So those 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 shows are more – uh, or are one hundred percent realistic, real people yes. cooking, and they screw up and they fix it, and you fix this or you do that, and it is easy to follow along and easy to replicate or duplicate when you when you're trying to uh, cook that. Not you, but probably Donna will be able to. Right, another young woman, probably late twenties, early thirties, great personality, uh, also on Bon Appetit YouTube, Tiana G. And she goes by TG. And what's cool is, like, I'm in my 50s. These these people that I was watching today, they're young and have great energy. And they've got a little attitude and really, really enjoy uh, seeing what they bring. It's not this stodgy, right. what you would think Bon Appetit is all about. Right. And there's other people working behind them in the studio. You see people, other people doing things. It's a real deal. So yeah. give it, check it out. You know what? Now, here is an unsolved mystery. Here is an unsolved mystery. What happened to Emeril? Oh, I know what happened to Emeril. He gained 400 pounds, and he's on uh, Channel 7 doing infomercials with the cooking with Emerald on his oven 24-7. No, I know. I see that. And you know what? Thank God he's not a football player because they wouldn't have a helmet for him. Oh, my God. His head <laughs> is huge. But the guy's gained 150 yes. pounds. I used to love him. And then early on in the days, do you remember the uh, the, uh, the the Raging Cajun, the guy? I guarantee. I feel like Emerald got screwed. And can Cook, too. Emerald got screwed because Emerald was the everything of the Food Network for about 10 years. And then it's almost like they said, your head is physically too large for our cameras and we can't have you anymore. I mean, Emerald was just gone. They got rid of Emerald. And I feel like like they should dedicate a studio to him or something. He put the Food Network on the map. For what Guy Fieri is now, Emerald was... Bigger than that. Remember Emerald when 
the VIP seats would be those four seats oh, at the, the counter. And when he would cook, he the, I mean, he would give you his food right there. But um, the Food Network really has evolved. I mean, everybody watches it. it it's crazy. Like the Food Network, the NFL Network, all, some of those. Well, other networks. I mean, but I'll tell you what. On the Food Network, there's something I just can't watch. The baking shows. Ugh. I hate them. Like, I'm sorry to use the word hate, but I hate them. Uh, uh, no, and I love baked goods. No interest. But I don't want to see somebody making a cake into a giraffe. Yeah, uh, like... Never. No. Exactly. Right, we don't even need to discuss that. We no, no good. Here's a hidden gem, I think, on the Food Network. I love it. Is Robert Irvine with Restaurant Impossible? You know where he goes he, in and helps the struggling. A lot of emotional distress on those. You really find out who you're, whether you got it or you don't have it, and a lot of internal fighting and what they look like and what they end up looking like are like two different things, which is fabulous. I never really followed up, though, like two years from once it opens and it's going great. What is the percentage of them still in business? Do you know? Well, he started doing this past year follow-ups. So for those that don't know, Robert Irvine is the he's British fellow. Dude, man. The British fellow with the glasses, and he's really ripped. I mean, it looks like he's lifting was weights he, Was he like day. Special Forces or something? Yes. He was, wasn't yeah. he? He was. And what he does is he goes in and restaurants reach out to him, and he'll go in and try to help fledgling restaurants. So if you're thinking of going into the restaurant business, folks, Watch some episodes of Restaurant Impossible. There's and a lot his, more than just opening the door, putting a sign out. And put his number in speed dial so you can reach out to him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can actually, um, I'm sure, on demand now on the right. Food Network, go to, uh, it's like Re Restaurant Impossible Revisit. Okay, I, so, that's interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check that out. But it's good. Do you find other stuff on YouTube from a culinary standpoint besides Bon Appetit that you like watching? Yeah, like sometimes you'll go through, um, who is the guy? Feed Phil, that guy. Uh, oh, yeah. Like Phil Rosenthal. Phil Rosenthal. Who created Feed Everybody Phil. Loves I'll, Raymond. I'll watch him travel to all these places and watch his trips. He's a little annoying, but he's going and experiencing some just amazing places and food. And I like exploring because, unfortunately, I have never been and been dying. Abby and I have been dying to go to Asia, whether it's Thailand, China, Cambodia, all those places to experience the food and food tours and all those things. And you watch on YouTube or they'll, there's a whole bunch of series of different areas or regions. And it's amazing. Like these people are going with locals and you're watching them cook and eat. To me, it's like it takes me away because I'm, haven't been and I want to go. The series is called Somebody Feed Phil. And it's the from it's the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond and he loves food and the guy's really good and it really animated and he goes all over the all world. All over the world. So all over the world. So look, we hope we uh gave you some Good insight tonight as to what to look for, what to watch. A couple uh, little pieces of business. We are on Instagram at food.fanatics, F-U-N-A-T-I-C-S. Thank you again for posting all of your pictures of what you make, what you like to eat. And um, there's also a very nice website if you're traveling, American-Eats.com, that has restaurants for some top cities around the country. And then we personally want to just thank Ken 
Joe Outdoor Advertising. They're based out in Ohio in the Columbus area, and they have cutting-edge digital billboards. Ken Joe Advertising, and they've taken care of us with some stuff around the country. And one other thing. And Matt doesn't even know this just yet. We discussed it. Stay tuned, people, for some very, very exciting news. For those who send some of the great pictures or post some great things or give us some great feedback, you could be in line for a little Food Fanatic swag. So stay tuned. Check that out, people. It's big time. Food Fanatics swag. Tell me people won't be lining up at Pawn Shop. To see how much they can get for a Food Fanatics hat. I'm Matt Hawkman. And I'm Jay Shapiro. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week on Food Fanatics. Peace out.